Aaron Rittmaster, and welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording the Diz Dads podcast, episode number 23. Tonight, we're going to be talking about enjoying Walt Disney World outside of the theme parks. And with me tonight to tackle this topic are David Jort, Indie Disney on the boards. Hey, David. Good evening. How are we holding up? Doing all right. And uh, Ryan Trikler, I am Trike on the boards. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Ryan. And Captain Oblivious himself, Mark Arbison. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. So, guys, the the idea for this show came from a, a suggestion that somebody made on the website. And the idea was kind of, you know, say you've got a, a longer trip to Walt Disney World. You're there for five, six, seven days. And somewhere in the middle of that, you, you want to take a day, you know, away from the usual day at the theme park, you know, rope drop to, to late night, whatever. You want to get a, a little different kind of experience out of Walt Disney World. Um, and so we're going to try and kind of address some of the various options that are available. Um, one of the first ones that comes to a lot of people's mind is uh, Downtown Disney. And when we talk about Downtown Disney, you know, there's the, the obvious things, the, the shops and you know, some really good restaurants in downtown Disney, but what are some things that you guys can think of that are sort of unusual experiences or different experiences that might, uh, you know, be something new for somebody to enjoy uh, on an on an extra day at Walt Disney World? Wait, I got to stop you there. You mean you would want to take a day away from the parks and relax on vacation? <laughs> How dare you? Blast from femur, are you? Come on. Now, now, there's a reason that Disney Commando isn't joining us on this on this podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, let me let me put it this way. Let's say that you're going to be in Walt Disney World here in another uh, uh, couple of months. About well, uh, yeah, almost two months from now, and you're going to be there on February 29th. So you're gonna you're planning on being in the Magic Kingdom on February 29th from 6 a.m. until 6 a.m. All right, you're going to do 24 hours in the Magic Kingdom. Well, if you're going to do 24 hours in the Magic Kingdom on February 29th, maybe on February 28th, you want to try something different. You you know, something outside of the parks. Because after 24 hours, you might be a little theme parked out. So what are some things in downtown Disney that uh, might provide that kind of an alternative entertainment? Well, I think the first one is characters in flight. Um, you have to check on how windy it is to know whether or not you can go up in it. But that's one of the ones that we always see when the balloon is up and would really like to, to go on it. We haven't had a chance to do it yet. Well, so, Dave, why don't you back up and you know, explain to people what Characters in Flight is? Well, Characters in Flight is, the, uh, is a balloon that's tethered to the ground. I believe it goes up 400 feet in the air. Uh, and it holds, I think, 20 people in, in its gondolas. So it takes you up, and it has a has a pretty good view of of Orlando, and you can see the parks, and you can see uh, a pretty broad area from there. Um, I've seen pictures of or video of it landing when it's windy, and it looks a, it looks pretty hairy, but um, it it seems to be a pretty neat neat experience. Yeah, so it gives you the experience of a hot air balloon ride, you know, without the sort of uh, free flight that might make it a, a little more intensive a uh, thrill than than some might be ready to experience. Um, 
So Ryan, Ryan suggested uh, characters in flight. What else in downtown Disney might be a good uh, sort of non-park experience? I can tell you um, the couple of times we've gone, we've actually been to Disney World a couple of times and not gone in the parks, you know, despite my earlier claims of blasphemy <laughs> on that topic. But, uh, you know, we just had like maybe a day or two to, to spend, you know, we I, the first time we went, we went before the cruise. Um, so we just spent a day relaxing. And then another time I was just down for a long weekend and we tried to sneak in for a day. So um, at downtown Disney, my kids love some of the shops there uh, where they have a lot of activities for the family. Um, you can, if you have a Lego store in your area, you know, they have one at downtown Disney, you know that your kids are good for at least an hour there. Um, you know, they've got a, a play table out where they can just kind of build with all the bricks to their heart's content. And uh, they've even got the, uh, the sculptures outside of famous Disney characters that you can gawk at that are really impressive. I love the, uh, the one of Maleficent as the dragon and Prince Philip that they just built recently. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I saw that one back in, uh, in December and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I, you wonder how many bricks it took to build that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the other one I was thinking of was across on the West side of downtown Disney was the, the ride makers store. Uh, that was a big hit with my boys, which is basically like a, a build a bear store, except with cars. And um, they both kind of built their own remote control Mustangs there. And I think recently they just introduced some of the uh, the Cars characters where you can build Mater or Lightning or some of the characters from the movie there and, and make your own remote control car. So that's definitely a big hit for, for families with kids. Very cool. And and for families whose kids are a little younger, uh, maybe you know, ride makers and remote control vehicles are over their heads, um, there's a... a not quite the same, but a, a hands-on toy experience for them at Once Upon a Toy. Um, has anybody, any of you guys done the uh, box of Mr. Potato Head? We did the, the box of My Little Pony Princess thing. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I think that was in the park, though. Well, but it, it works pretty much the, the same way. Um, Once Upon a Toy has the, you know, array of uh, Mr. Potato Head parts, and you pay, uh, you know, I don't remember how much exactly it is now. It's somewhere, it's fairly reasonable, somewhere $15 or so. Um, and they give you a, a box, and you can fit however many Mr. Potato Head parts will fit in your box is what you get to take home with you for that $15. Um, it's a heck of a deal. And, uh, the, the big tip for that one is, um, you don't have to buy a Mr. Potato body and it takes up an awfully lot of space if you do. So if you have existing Mr. Potato Head bodies, you can just buy the accessory parts and get lots more bang for your buck that way. Yeah, I'm actually still hearing about this from my wife with the My Little Pony princesses because I made my daughter get a My Little Pony instead <laughs> of just fill up with all of the accessories. Yeah. So I, I, I'm still hearing about it. But I, I think you're right. Prices between like 15 and 20 bucks. Yeah. I remember. I, I remember seeing it in July. Okay. So. Sounds right. I believe you could also build your own Star Wars lightsaber there in the store. My kids have eyed that display up quite a few times as we walked through. <laughs> we did that. Uh, we did that. I think two or three trips ago with with my son, and he really enjoyed it. Uh, we looked at the we looked at the Mr. Potato Head, but opted for the lightsaber. So I was proud of him. 
You're better we be have, than me. I was too cheap. We, we, we have two lightsabers here. Uh, my, my daughter built one, and then she said that if we were going to play fight swords, I needed a lightsaber. So, ah, uh, yeah. Two. So your they're daughter two. insisted. You can't argue. Sure. You can't argue with your daughter. I mean, your daughter is well trained, Dave. Force is strong. <laughs> um, and you know there are some also some more uh, adult focused opportunities in downtown Disney. Um, you know, the, the probably best known one, uh, is the, um, Cirque du Soleil show that is in downtown Disney. Um, La Nuba long running show. Um, it's not cheap, but it's certainly a different experience than a theme park. And, um, you know, I've seen really surprisingly positive reviews from people who went in, uh, really skeptical of uh, a Cirque du Soleil show, uh, especially one that was, you know, in a Disney setting. Um, and really were uh, impressed with the way that uh, you know Disney had, had provided a theater that that works for um, a Cirque show. Anybody else have suggestions for for more adult opportunities in downtown Disney? I have a couple. Um, first, Raglan Road in the evening. Um, they I, I think they have live Irish music. Um, Six nights a week, if I remember correctly, and the seventh might be a different band. Uh, I, I've been trying to find it right now on the interwebs, but haven't haven't gotten to it yet. Um, the other thing I would suggest, and it is kind of family oriented, but uh, it's on the other side of downtown Disney. Um, if you're taking a Sunday off and want to do the gospel brunch at House of Blues, I've heard. Uh, I haven't heard anything negative about that at all. Haven't had a chance to do it any time recently. Uh, I believe I did it a long, long time ago, <laughs> back back in the 90s when I was a child. Right. So. Yeah, I've also heard good things about that, and and a, a, a sort of a suggestion for House of Blues. Um, it doesn't work for the gospel brunch. It's excluded from the deal. But if you check uh, restaurants.com. House of Blues is one of the Orlando restaurants that is frequently uh, featured when they're running their specials. And the restaurants.com special, sometimes you can get a uh, gift certificate worth $25 off the uh, cost of your, you know, your ticket uh, for about $2 if you time it right. Um, and uh, We've done that brunch recently uh, at a different House of Blues, and it was pretty pricey. I think it was about $20 a person for, for breakfast, which um, I guess if you're at Disney, it is decent for all-you-can-eat bacon. But um, outside of Disney, it, it seemed a little little on the pricey side because I know their typical brunch is like $7 a person at House of Blues because uh, they have that throughout the week. Right, yeah. Um, and then the, the, the other uh... – uh, Mark, you mentioned that there are some new things that are that are coming. Um, they have recently opened a uh, fork and screen theater uh, in downtown Disney, which is an interesting option. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't normally think of of going to see a movie at at Disney World, but on the other hand, you know, where better to see a, a recently released Disney movie? And um, there in the theater, you. You're, they've, they basically, I've eaten at a, a similar theater here in, in Kansas City. You know, they have full um, waiter service, and they bring your food to you right there at your uh, theater seat, and you get to enjoy a movie and enjoy your dinner right there uh, as you relax and watch the movie. 
Uh, and then the other thing that's uh, sort of on the way and uh, in progress is the uh, bowling alley that they're building. Um, and not sure when it's actually going to open, but I expect it should probably be open by sometime this summer. Yeah, I think it's best to just kind of stay tuned because I know they're they're revamping the whole Pleasure Island area where they used to have all the nightclubs. And it's going to be another huge shopping district with, with some more entertainment options like the, the bowling alley and the movie theater that you mentioned. Um, you know, just coming from my perspective as a guy, uh, just to have dinner and a movie all in one place, you don't really have to plan anything is, per- is perfect for, for me. So, Well, it does make a quick and easy, you know, just uh, husband and wife getaway too. Um, yeah, absolutely. So there's there are obviously tons of opportunities because Downtown Disney is designed really to to be you know uh, uh, an activity area outside of the parks, a, a place to kind of you know catch the tourists who aren't aren't paying to stay in a resort or paying to go into the the theme park. Um, parking there is free, which is one of the reasons that parking there can be really difficult. Um, but th- there are tons of of you know, other opportunities, shops, restaurants. Uh, we can talk about probably favorite downtown Disney restaurants. Can probably be its own podcast episode. Um, lots of good opportunities. But um, another option besides downtown Disney for uh, out of park entertainment and fun and really kind of a budget option is uh, resort hopping. There are some really great opportunities. Um, in the resorts themselves, and they're really open to anybody. You don't have to be staying at uh, one of the the Walt Disney World resorts to take advantage of the activities that are offered by the resort. Um, I know that uh, uh, Ryan, I think you were talking about some of the resort activities. Yeah, so we we just uh, were down last week and we spent some time at Fort Wilderness, and we're really amazed at all the different options they had there. Uh, for things outside of the resort, uh, so they had an addition. They had your typical fishing trips um, and watercraft rentals, but beyond that, they had horseback trail rides. They had pony rides. They had a petting zoo that you could walk through, um, tennis courts, and they. The thing that we saw that looked really cool was they had off-road segways for an off-road segway tour. Um, Very cool. Are, they also had uh, something that was advertised, but we didn't see, which was was a nightly uh, big wagon ride, uh, which was relatively inexpensive. I know usually the the horse drawn carriage rides I think are about forty five dollars for a half hour, uh, and this was eight dollars for the carriage ride. So I'm guessing that you rode in a big group uh, around, and they said it was a forty five minute ride. That's nice. Um, yeah, and and you know one of the things that that it- points up when you're talking about these opportunities at Fort Wilderness is that, you know, these kinds of free or low cost resort activity opportunities are available, not just at uh, deluxe resorts. There are some of these opportunities at uh, moderate resorts and, and even some in, uh, you know, in the, the value resorts. Um, Fort Wilderness, uh, Mark, there was a, you had another thought about Fort Wilderness opportunities. Yeah, just in addition to what Ryan mentioned, uh, there's a, a campfire every night uh, right in the middle of the campground at one of the trading posts. I think it's the Meadow Trading Post where uh, Chip and Dale make an appearance 
and they have a campfire, do a sing-along, you, you hang out with the characters, and then they usually show a Disney movie uh, when it gets dark. And um, I believe that is all free of charge. I'm sure Disney will be happy to sell you marshmallows and graham crackers for s'mores, but you can uh, you can show up. It's open to, to Disney guests, and, and uh, you don't have to pay to, to have an evening with Chip and Dale there. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard about that one, and it really strikes me as uh, a unique opportunity because I can't think of any other chance at Disney where you could have essentially a uh, you know a, a character meal, right? A character dessert party, uh, completely free, you know, because nothing says you can't bring your own uh, you know s'more ingredients. Um, they will sell them to you if you need them, but uh, you could also bring your own. So it's a great deal, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so that's at Fort Wilderness. Um, also at Moderate Resorts, uh, at the Port Orleans Resorts, they've got the um, the Surrey bicycles that they rent. Uh, you've probably seen them around occasionally. Uh, it's, you know, you can seat an entire family of four in a, a bicycle, uh, sort of a square configuration. And uh, I'm not sure that they're the easiest things to make move, but. Uh, Hey, you know, nothing wrong with getting a little exercise along with your fun. I was just going to say that that's basically every dad's dream and nightmare. <laughs> but you, you you go one way and everyone's pedaling and then everyone gets tired and you're the only one pedaling back. So I just I remember this. A while Same ago. thing as paddle boats then. Exactly. It's like paddle boats on land. Okay, and there are paddle boats available at a number of resorts. Uh, Port Orleans has them. Uh, there are some in downtown Disney, if I remember correctly. Uh, the Polynesian Resort. Anybody know if the Grand Floridian has them? I'm sure they do. Okay. I, think, I believe they do have boat rentals there. Okay. Um, so those, those paddle boats are available a lot of places. Um, the uh, Polynesian and Grand Floridian offer some additional opportunities on top of the, the paddle boats. Um, there are some, you know, somewhat larger or, or faster watercraft available. Um, there are the, the water mice, which I, I believe I'm technically physically too large to drive. But yeah, um, small powered watercraft, like kind of little pseudo speedboats. Um, there are similar things at, at the Grand Floridian that you, that you can rent. You know, obviously these aren't free opportunities, but again, how, how many times do you get a chance to go out on the water and, you know, look up at the Contemporary and the Grand Floridian and the Polynesian as your backdrop? The Contemporary also has... Uh... I believe you can go out and do some fishing in Bay Lake, uh, charter a boat and go out there, and uh, is parasailing as well. That's right. That's right. And if you're looking for more of a family-based opportunity, you can rent pontoon boats. That's right. Get out, take a cooler of soda and food, and uh, just just hang out on Bay Lake for the day or several hours, whatever. Uh, no, but those are five hours, a half hour. Okay. Um, but, but again, those are unique opportunities. I mean, you know, hanging out with your family on the lake, being able to look up at the Magic Kingdom in the background, you know, how do you beat that? 
Um, so what other kinds of, of resort activities are there? We've covered, you know, some of the water type activities. Uh, we've covered, um, you know, some of the, the additional cost activities. There are actually free activities at a number of the resorts. Um, has anybody taken advantage of the um, things out at uh, Animal Kingdom? Animal Kingdom Lodge? I haven't, but I was going to mention that top on my list of free things for resort hopping are the night vision goggles at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I was going to going to mention that in the context of uh, you know, but well, first of all, why don't you talk a little bit about the night vision goggles? Okay, so in the evenings, completely free for those at the Animal Kingdom Lodge and anyone else who happens to be there. They supply night vision goggles to look out over the savanna and check out animals in their natural habitat, which just it just well, a seems fun to play with night vision. B if you like animals, it, like everyone always says, where else in America can you be hanging out next to a basically real savanna where there's animals roaming outside of a restaurant, a, a wherever. So it's, it, it's awesome. It, it sounds absolutely fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, and, and those observation decks that are available, uh, not just at night, uh, again, are open to anybody who wants to, you know, come by the Animal Kingdom Lodge and, and hang out there. Um, they've got guides that'll kind of help point out where you should be looking. And it, it's almost a way to kind of peek in the back door of the Animal Kingdom Park. Um, so in addition to um, that opportunity at Animal Kingdom, um, Ryan, uh, you you had a, a thought on maybe a, a more more adult opportunity back at Port Orleans that, that we forgot about. So uh, at Port Orleans in, in the evenings, they have uh, a pianist that comes out and, and uh, sings and does does a really great show called Yeehaw Bob. Uh, and so it's really good to come. It's great. It's uh, there in the bar in the evenings. And uh, when we were there, it was, it was packed out with people. Uh, everyone was having a great time. So it looks like looked like a lot of fun and you can sit and listen for free i mean you know they're happy to take your money for drinks uh or appetizers or whatever but um the show itself is free of charge and it's relatively pg if i remember correctly yeah it's 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 very quote-unquote family friendly if you're if your kids are up late and you're you're hanging out I think he does two shows, and the first show is definitely family-friendly, and the second one is in that PG category. So I don't think either of them are that all uh, get into to, too, too dangerous of territory. <laughs> Nothing's going to get us banned by the mods or anything. Yeah, no, Bob, Bob doesn't work blue, um, but uh, it probably does. You know, the, the crowd later in the night has had a few more, and the atmosphere is a little different but uh certainly the early show is is a family friendly show and the later show isn't is not family unfriendly i think is probably the way i would put it yeah we we also mentioned the movies at, at fort wilderness i think a lot of the resorts have those evening movies either out on the beach i know they had them out there at beach club when we stayed there and they had them at, at port orleans also when we were there they, they had them at Coronado Springs this summer also at the at the pool. So Yeah, the tricky part is it depends on the resort because um, if the resorts that have um, have the do the movies out at the pool, um, you can't pool hop, but you can resort hop. Yep. So 
places like the Polynesian, where they do the movie, you know, out on the beach is not a problem. Um, but places where they do the movie kind of right at the pool um, is a little more difficult. Um, I don't think that, generally speaking, they're going to ask you to leave. But um, during the busier times of year, when it gets crowded, um, sometimes they will check, um, especially at the more popular resorts. Um, I know for a while the Polynesian actually they were like cordoned off the pool area and were were checking uh, resort keys in the like around the Fourth of July weekend. Um, and then you know, Mark, you, you also mentioned um, some unique free opportunities at Wilderness Lodge. Yeah, we uh, we stayed there a couple of times, and they have a scavenger hunt you can do. They'll hand you a list at the front desk, if you ask for it, uh, of the hidden Mickeys that are, you know, hidden in the theming around the lodge. And it could be on any floor, outside, inside the building. They, they give you hints, and you can run around and try and decipher the clues and see if you can spot all the hidden Mickeys. So we had a great time just running around the lodge doing that. It was a great way to explore the resort. Um I think if you're going to spend the money to stay at a resort like that, it's so elaborately themed, it's well worth your time just to take a day just to really enjoy your time there. Uh, you know, there's every nook and cranny has a, a little detail or some theming that you may not have noticed before. There's hidden Mickeys around. Uh, and I know at the Villas of Wilderness Lodge right next door in the, the main lobby area, they have a train room that shows some memorabilia from uh you know Walt Disney's collection when he had his his model train in his in his uh, backyard of his home. Um, I was thinking along the lines of of being a cheapskate family as well, and uh, <laughs> you know it's just second nature to me. And uh, one of the things we did was we just took the time to ride the boat from the Wilderness Lodge to the Magic Kingdom or to the Contemporary Resort. Uh, enjoy the sights. You know, just about everywhere you look on property, there's a there's a good view. And then hop on the monorail and ride that around. Uh, that's an attraction in and of itself for, for our kids. Uh, certainly not for the adults, <clears throat> but uh, the kids really enjoy it. <laughs> as long as we're not waiting for clearance. But um, Yeah, who, we... who is that clearance guy? He's always getting in the way. Oh, he drives. I think his name is Clarence. <laughs> but, uh, we uh, at night we really enjoyed just riding the monorail. You know, it does the loop around Epcot. So even if you haven't bought a park ticket, you're sort of in the park riding the monorail, and you get a great view of of everything lit up there. Uh, and uh, you can ride that around, and then even hop off and go to the Polynesian and watch the fireworks over the Magic Kingdom. It's a great example of you know taking advantage of completely free transportation opportunities and being able to make a whole evening out of it. We certainly had a blast doing that and, and uh, didn't cost us a dime other than, you know, what we were paying to stay at the wilderness lodge. So I guess they got us anyway, but you know, well, but <laughs> you, you could, you could have done that same tour uh, if you were staying at, you know, all-star sports. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you just, you start by taking a bus to the magic kingdom because you don't have to have a park ticket to take your bus there. And you're the, the, you know, the bus is going to let you off right at the ticket and transportation center. And there are, there's monorails and boats galore just yeah, waiting for really, you. Where, where else do you get the chance to ride a monorail? Yeah, because the one at Vegas is never working. I think, right? 
I think there's one in Seattle, but it only runs for like three blocks or something. It's not real long. Yeah. No, it's not. It's just a real small loop. Well, and that, you have to pay to ride it. And like I said, there's the one there's the one in Las Vegas, but it seems to always be broken down. The one the one from Monte Carlo up to uh oh what is it the Venetian I think yeah it's always broken yeah there's one at Disneyland. Well, that's true. There's an idea. <laughs> However, the monorails with Disney World and Disneyland are not connected at this point, so they yeah. should be. <laughs> Um, all right, so I, I think we've... If only we had a transportation engineer. Boy. <laughs> so I, I think we've given people a taste of, you know, the, the opportunities that are at the resorts. I and mean, one last thing I want to mention here before we step away from it is that at every resort, including the value resorts, um, there are walking slash jogging trails. And, um, you know, if you think about it, Walt Disney World is just full of water features and really nice landscaping. And so no matter where it is that you're staying, you go to the front desk, you ask them for, uh, you know, a jogging trail map. As far as I know, every resort has one. Um, and it gives you, you know, a, a sort of a, an easy to follow guide to places where there are established trails around the resort um, to just kind of take a nice walk and relax and not have to worry quite so much about the bus traffic on the main roads and things like that. And again, it's a free activity that's available at all the resorts. Now, we're going to shift gears again and, and start talking a little bit about some things that are, that are a little more costly. Um, we'll get there slowly because there are a number of um, opportunities to play golf at Walt Disney World, um, starting with a couple of miniature golf courses. Uh, has anybody played either of the miniature golf courses? Yes. Both, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, as uh, th this was back in, oh, geez, it's been at least, at least 10 years. Okay, well, so. now I know Mark's played them as well. Mark, have you played them more recently than 10 years ago? Uh, I believe so, yeah. It All was, right. Uh, we did... Fantasia Gardens, um, I think that was 2006 we tried that one out. So that falls within that 10-year time frame. <laughs> <laughs> All still but pretty close. It, it was it was a great one. We It's themed after the movie Fantasia, and every hole has uh, a sculpture or, or something relating to a character or a scene from, uh, from Fantasia. And there's different, you know, poems by every T that, tell you what to do on that hole and there's a lot of creativity i remember there was one hole you have to putt down basically a xylophone and your your ball's making chimes as it falls down the slope very cool and uh there's another one that involves those uh those uh brooms and and buckets that come alive when when mickey goes out of control and the sorcerer's apprentice but i won't spoil what happens there i'll just say that that was my favorite hole on the course so david anything you want to add about uh, fantasia gardens which one's the one with the sand traps? Because it's hard. I, I just, I, I remember. Not. That's also at Fantasia Gardens. That's that at was, Fantasia Gardens. Yeah, correct. that's like the adult yeah. course there. Yeah, the the adult course is not smart to play with your 13-year-old sister when you're 18. She, <laughs> she can't putt worth a lick to begin with. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was no fun. Adventure. I mean, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen... To this day, a a miniature golf course where you have sand traps, 
water hazards. Um, like the uh, the actual green is laid out correctly, but then there's grass involved. Like it, it was, it was like pitch and putt without the pitch part. It was fantastic. I was, I was, I, I'm very impressed. David, I think since you've been there, I believe they've actually filled in a lot of the sand traps, uh, just with with carpet, just because it was too hard. <laughs> I would Why venture would they to do guess. Such a... <laughs> I'm sorry. Why would they do such a thing? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I. It... I can tell you the one time I, I did play there, it was so hard that people were backing up and it was a terribly long wait because you just, it took so long to finish a hole. I would, the way I played it, I think Phil Mickelson would have had trouble, you know, breaking par. <laughs> um, so I think they actually kind of took some steps to soften it and get, and get people through a little bit faster. I can, I can definitely see a reasoning why they would have done that. So yes, I'm, I'm glad you had corrected me. So. Um, and so that's Fantasia Gardens, but there's also um, Winter Summerland. It's is also a fun one. Um, that's that one's basically themed as kind of a getaway for Santa Claus during the summer, and uh, it's got a lot of you know snowmen and winter themes, and there's some surprises. Uh, basically, everywhere you go on Walt Disney World property, Disney likes to find a way to shoot water at you. And uh, the mini golf courses are no exception, so I'll warn you there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but but David and Mark, you would both agree that the miniature golf courses are, uh, you know, a, a an opportunity for good, fun family entertainment. Absolutely, they're they're the kids love it, and uh, in the last couple of years, they were. Uh, giving you a free round i think with magic your way packages uh and you also get a souvenir mickey golf ball at the end so uh there's there's a lot of little treats and and i've never met a kid who turned down mini golf yeah you know that's a really good point when you get your magic your way uh travel documents take the time to look through those coupons um some of them aren't such a good deal um i don't know that you could pay me to go to Planet Hollywood, so you know, ten percent off a meal at Planet Hollywood is not much of an enticement. Um, but if you look a little harder, you'll find things like a coupon for you know either a free round or a major, a large discount on a round of miniature golf. Um, and you know, take advantage of those things. Uh, so many people just don't even look at them; they don't they don't realize the opportunity that opportunity that they're missing. Um, so those are the miniature golf courses, but you know, there's, there's a, uh, I guess what we could call a big boy golf at Walt Disney world as well. I don't know if I'm the only guy in this group who's played golf. And I certainly don't know if the game that I play would be called big boy golf. <laughs> <laughs> Same boat, man. No, I've, I've played, I've played, uh, I believe two different courses, but three rounds at Disney. I played both the Palm and Magnolia, but again, it was about 10 years ago um, with, with my Disney dad, actually. So we, we would always use it as um, my, my mother was uh, a professional shopper, I believe. So she, she and my sister would go hit uh, downtown Disney and shop. Dad and I would go and golf. And that was kind of our, uh, it was our out of park day, kind of apart. Then we'd get back together and go to dinner and do all that stuff. But that that was the the, the last time I golfed. That was I believe was '99 at Disney. So, Mark, I hope you've golfed more recently. But I can tell you 
about stuff back then. So, well, I actually played on a course that no longer exists. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was uh, it it was Eagle Pines or something like that, or Eagle Trace. I forget. It had Eagle in the name, uh, but it's been plowed under for the new Four Seasons Resort and Retirement Community. Um, but I I think the principles are the same. Is that basically they have four uh, adult size championship golf courses on property and really the prices are a little steep they in the high season they they're triple figures over 100 bucks um but that's not out of line with what other golf resorts around the country charge especially in the high season um you can go a couple hours down the road to the players championship course near jacksonville and you'd be paying three to four hundred dollars to play that one um and the pros play at disney world too so uh, you get that experience, but the the courses are well maintained. Um, they offer free club rentals to guests at Disney resorts, so you don't even have to pack your clubs on the plane, um, which is you know with bag fees is a great deal. <laughs> and uh, they're they're really well run. Uh, if you're a cheapskate, again, I keep coming back to that theme tonight, but uh, they have twilight rates where depending on the time of year, you could get a tea time after two o'clock or after three o'clock. And it's basically half price uh, to pay, play 18 holes. And usually if you start, if you get a tea time right at that three o'clock time, you can usually finish before the sun sets on you. Um, so there's ways to do that. They also have a kiddie course, a nine hole course called Oak Trail that I played once um, with my dad. And when I was a kid and uh, it was the perfect size, it's, it's, shortened a bit um so it's it's great for kids who are just starting a game and want to play it's it's lower price and you can just go out and play nine holes have fun with your dad and still be still have plenty of the day left to do some other things yeah definitely if you can get a tea time for the the uh quote-unquote twilight special i mean you could even add it on to like half a park day because you're not starting till after two or three you can hit the parks in the morning and then go go jump on the course. Um, I mean, granted, the only issue is, is that if it's middle of July and it's three o'clock, it's a bit warm. Um, but we're, uh, uh, I know when we played, they, they actually break it down. So there's three different levels of pricing. There's your pre 10 o'clock pricing. And then they do like a 10 to two type of deal, which is about 20, 30 bucks off the, the normal cost then they hit that twilight thing and i know um the, the times we've played or i've played um it's always been that 10 o'clock to uh, 10 o'clock on range right so you know you, you can save a little bit of cash there um the the rental clubs are uh, fantastic they're not uh, you know what what you would consider rental clubs i i think they switched them out on i i remember i think they were the latest bertha I think they were Bertha twos when we were there, and that was a long, long time ago. So I don't know what they're doing now, but yeah, I'm but, sure. It's but they're quality it. clubs. You're not you're not going to be, you know, disappointed in in what you're given to use um, if you if don't I bring your own clubs. If I remember correctly, they're they're high end Titleist or Cobra clubs. They're they're good makes. Definitely. And uh, so you know. The thing to remember, a couple of things. First of all, there are some changes probably coming on the golf courses. Um, just in the last year, um, Arnold Palmer's golf organization has um, taken over management of the Walt Disney World golf courses. Um, Disney still 
as I understand it, the way it works is um, Disney still owns the courses, but they've got a long-term operation agreement with uh, with the Palmer folks. Um, so I would expect that there will we'll see some changes coming slowly, but you know, for the most part, it's it's a good thing there. They're not going to change. You know, they're not going to do anything to, to ruin a uh, a good thing with Walt Disney World. But uh, be prepared because uh, we may see some changes. Um, and you know, the the thing that's important is that again, these are things that you can do when when we hear somebody say, "Ah, um, uh, you know." Disney World is for kids, and there's nothing there for me to do. I'm not a theme park person. Um, and just another example of the kinds of things that are available for really everybody to enjoy um, around Walt Disney World. Um, so you're not a theme park person? Fine. You can spend time in downtown Disney. You can spend time at the resorts, all kinds of resort activities we've talked about, and, and you know, world-class golf. There really is something for everyone there. So uh, as we're kind of starting to, to wrap up here, I wanted to make sure we kind of hit all of the, what I would call, you know, other activities, the, the different kinds of experiences that are available outside the parks. I know we've touched on the, um, you know, the, the entertainment and downtown Disney options, the transportation system, things like that. One thing that, that immediately comes to mind that we, we failed to mention so far, and it's not cheap, but it's a unique experience, um, is the, the now two um, high-speed driving experiences that are available at Walt Disney World. Um, they're still running the Richard Petty experience, which is a sort of a NASCAR-type uh, opportunity, either ride along at high speed or, or drive uh, on an oval course. And then the brand-new, uh, opening later this month, uh, road course option that involves an opportunity to drive um, exotic cars, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, uh, Porsches, uh, the the uh, the Tony Stark uh, Audi that he he drives in uh, the Iron Man movies. Uh, like I said, not cheap, but but truly a, a unique experience. The yellow Lamborghini was sitting out during the marathon. People were could run up and uh, and pose in front of it. It was very very nice looking <laughs> they wouldn't let you get in it but uh, but you could run up and stand beside it to get your yeah. picture taken well, that's because they're going to charge you uh what is it i think 389 dollars for your uh six laps fastest marathon ever <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my wife would have been willing to pay 300 dollars if they would have driven her to the finish line <laughs> um so uh, any other um, activity options, anything like that, that, that you feel like we should mention before we leave the topic? There's a lot of different fishing excursions. When I was looking through all the different resorts, it seemed like there were cane pole fishing options, which ranged from about $4 on up to big bass fix, fishing excursions that were several hundred dollars. Um, so there was a, a, kind of the full gamut of different ways that you could fish at, from different resorts. And uh, should we should clarify that all of those are are catch and release uh, opportunities? There, there's yeah. no. There's you no, want to bring that home in your checked bags, anyways. Well, yeah, and as I understand it, there's no. Uh, you know, you can't catch your dinner at Disney World. Uh, yeah. You know, even if you're staying at the at the the 
Yeah, alligator the, Bayou. <laughs> alligator Bayou. Or the, yeah, I was thinking the Fort Wilderness cabins that have, you know, a full kitchen. Uh, oh, yeah. They they still won't let you, uh, you know, catch and eat. All right. Well, you know, to, to kind of wrap this up a little bit, we can't really do a, a you know, big Diz Dad's topic like this without some reference to food. So what I want to do is um, go just around the circle and we'll go around once and I want everybody to just pick a, a favorite uh, downtown Disney restaurant. You know, we can't cover them all, but just go ahead and pick a favorite and we'll come back around and pick a, uh, instead of a favorite, because we've talked about favorites all the time, but maybe an underrated uh, resort restaurant, you know, a hidden gem resort restaurant. All right. And I think the hidden gem might take a little longer. So why don't we start with the uh, downtown Disney restaurants and uh, David, why don't you give us your favorite downtown Disney eatery? I would have to say Fulton's. Um, I, we're big seafood junkies, and uh, it was it's 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 out of this world. Um, I I think it it takes a little takes it on the chin a little bit from from some people, but uh, both my wife and I, and even my daughter who who isn't really a big big seafood person, but we, we all had a great meal there. Um, it, the the night we arrived in in July, and it was pretty darn solid a little pricey but uh but but very good um so i'll i'll, I'll leave the other obvious ones up to the guys <laughs> all right uh mark how about you your favorite downtown disney eatery oddly enough i think it's probably a counter service place the earl of sandwich um it seems like every time we go to disney world we got to stop in there and get a sandwich and they're just excellent i love the hawaiian barbecue it's it's a unique taste it's chicken ham cheese and pineapple with barbecue sauce and it's just a i don't know who came up with that combination but it's great and uh not only that but the line moves very quickly it doesn't seem like you ever have to wait too long for your food there so that's my favorite okay sounds good and uh ryan how about you your favorite downtown disney eatery earl of sandwich is one of our must-dos uh but since that was already taken the other place we eat it at a lot is Girardelli, and that's our you know all right we're gonna have ice cream for dinner place which is you know <laughs> Only something we do at Disney. Right. Uh, well, for me, um, I just had the first, the opportunity to try this one uh, back in September and loved uh, Wolfgang Puck Express, actually. Um, the the counter service version of Wolfgang Puck. Um, the food was just terrific. Uh, they keep the line moving. And the only thing that made it a counter service restaurant instead of a table service restaurant, as far as I was concerned, is that you, you know, went up to a counter to order. Um, because the food quality was it was as good as any table service restaurant I've eaten at at Disney World. Um, so that that covers our, our downtown Disney. Now, now we're going to go back around for hidden gems, and and I get to go first. Ha! Um, my hidden gem I just discovered, I just ate there for the first time this past December, and um, while we're on the subject of seafood. Uh, I had the the buffet at Cape May Cafe for dinner, and that seafood buffet was fantastic. I was just really impressed. Um, crab legs, uh, clams, mussels. Uh, they even had a, a beef carving station kind of around the back of the buffet. Uh, all you could eat, friendly staff, 
um, just a, a really great dinner. And um, we had we had been talking about, you know, since we were in that area of the park that, that maybe we'd, you know, try and uh, tackle a No Way Jose or something from Beaches and Cream for dessert. And th- there was no way. Um, I'm not a small man, but there was no way I was going to be able to take another bite of food, even a kind of food that melted. Um, there was just no place to put it. Uh, so I, I'm voting for Cape May, Cape May Cafe, which is in uh, the, the Beach Club uh, resort. How about you, Ryan? Your favorite uh, resort restaurant, or I'm sorry, your hidden gem resort restaurant. So one we just tried on this past trip that was actually recommended on this podcast was Trails End. And we absolutely loved it. The food was, was amazing. It was a, our post-race lunch uh, on Saturday. And we all had, there was a group, big group of us that, that had run together. I had phenomenal chicken and waffles. They had, the, the waffles have this rosemary uh, maple gravy, which was a little weird by the, on the waffles by themselves, but you mix the fried chicken and it's just perfect. And the chicken was so, so juicy and good. And the waitress saw how much I enjoyed and she brought some extra fried chicken out. So that's always appreciated. With, <laughs> they'll, they'll serve you extra fried chicken. So that was phenomenal. And, uh, you know, we were out there and we were pretty much the only people in the restaurant and the park was pretty, the park and all the other places had been pretty crowded that day. So, uh, it was interesting how almost how, how the whole place seemed pretty empty. Okay. Uh, and how about you, Mark, your favorite or your best, uh, hidden gem suggestion? I don't know how much of a hidden gem it is. I haven't tried a lot of the restaurants, but, um, I was thinking that we really enjoyed Kona Cafe in the Polynesian Resort. And it, I don't know if it's a hidden gem so much as it kind of plays second fiddle to Ohana a lot. Everybody always talks about the unlimited meat there, which is, you know, a wonderful thing. <laughs> but um, we thought Kona Cafe was terrific. Uh, we had, my wife and I had a date night dinner there. And uh, the food we really enjoyed, it's a little bit of a Asian, Polynesian influence menu so you get some some different tastes there that you might not be used to and uh i think she had some sort of coconut encrusted chicken i had uh, ginger crusted ribeye and uh, we just thoroughly enjoyed the meal there sounds great and uh last but not least david your hidden gem I was going to say Ohana. I've always been able to get reservations walking up there. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> um, so I, I kind of have two. Uh, one's I think I'm kind of cheating because it's at the boardwalk, but it's technically a hotel. Um, we had an absolutely fantastic meal at Kuzina uh, by Kat Cora a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, Greek-inspired food. Um fantastic my wife had a pork chop the size of my head uh i I got this little sampler thing that had like this uh, it had a little lamb burger that was just fantastic and um uh greek lasagna which was nothing like lasagna but was just absolutely tasty and it was (laughs) it was really solid if i can throw one more out there because it just surprised me because it was actually a character meal at uh grand floridian we did cinderella's dinner uh where uh, at, at 1900 park fair where it's the basically the whole cast of cinderella you got the 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 prince uh the wicked stepmother the two stepsisters and cinderella all coming around to your tables but the reason i say it is because you, you know it was it was the last meal of our trip 
we had done a ton of character dining and a ton of buffet character dining. And I was like, ugh, here we go again with meat, potatoes, vegetables. And I was kind of surprised at the kind of the breadth that was out there. It was, it was, it seemed like it was sort of California inspired. Um, and, uh, there was, uh, I mean, there was, um, Oh, I want to say it was there was bacon involved and Napa cabbage and it was just fantastic, uh, but um, uh, there was sushi on it uh, and, and some other things that I didn't really expect and it was just it was very very good. So th- those would be my two. Well, you know we we've just spent uh, close to an hour talking about the. Uh, things that we could do at Walt Disney World without ever stepping foot into a theme park. And it's pretty amazing that we've barely scratched the surface. Um, So thank you guys. I I really appreciate uh, all of the, the, you know, input and and the work you did to get ready for this podcast. Because, you know, a lot of these things are things that, that we kind of stumble upon in the midst of of a trip, you know, a, a last minute change create some open time and, and we kind of stumble into these things. But the, the nice thing is that, you know, you can, you can build an entire day or two out of, of a trip out of these kinds of activities um, and really sort of expand what your entertainment options at Walt Disney World can be. Um, well, you've heard from us and what we came up with, but we'd love to hear your suggestions too. You can email us at podcasts at disdads.com. Visit our website, disdads.com. Tweet us at DizDads Podcast on Twitter. Participate in the discussion in the DizDads subforum of the Disney for Families forum on the Disboards. We'll see you real soon. Until next time, Aaron Ripmaster with David Jewart, Mark Harbison, and Ryan Treichler. Thank you. All right, we're out. Oh, that's a long time to hold your breath. Boy. Holy macaroni. <laughs> This has been a Wizard of Oz production.